It's time for another episode of The Cultural Hall. It's episode number 355. It's also an Articles of News. We have so much news to get to. It's me, Richie T, and uh, I'm joined by Andrew Mayer, who, not from Utah, but happens to be in Utah. Again, well, I'm well, I guess from technically Utah. from Utah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but not, you are not living in Utah. You anymore. are not a resident. You are uh, in Utah, but not, or no, you are of Utah, but not in Utah. Correct. That would be the correct yeah. way to say that. Uh, he's been on before. He does a considerable amount with, uh, if you follow the Cultural Hall on Facebook, uh, you can... Uh, usually you can... the dumbest comments, those are usually mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, people know. <laughs> uh, I actually had a recent comment where someone was like, you've sort of to- toned down your snark a little bit recently. And I was like, all right, truth be told, I haven't toned down my snark at all. Uh, but since like wedding and then honeymoon, uh, I've sort of l- allowed you a great deal of the uh, A little bit of leeway. I've actually yeah, yeah. been, hey, I can do whatever, whatever I want to yeah. lately. Yeah. Yes, I know. And that we'll talk about. No, I'm just joking. Um, so all that to say, you can find us on uh, Facebook. It's facebook.com slash the cultural hall or just search the cultural hall. You can find us on any of the social medias at the cultural hall, places like Instagram, uh, Twitter. And you can also find our presence on Pinterest if you want to go there. I won't mention Google Plus because the last time I mentioned Google Plus, several people said, yeah, 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 that's that's actually not a thing. So it just is embarrassing for me. Uh, to uh, it doesn't exist to share it. Yeah, let's, let's just not talk about Google+. What's new with you? You're in town for a not great reason, or a great reason, but not a super well, it's, fun it's, reason. It's, it's good because I get to see a lot of family, but it's for a funeral. Yep. Yeah, my uncle um, passed away early, uh, late last week. Yeah, late last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, ha- you know, I fly around the country all the time for work, and so I thought, you know, I missed several other funerals. I better just jump in on this one. Right. I had a little bit of a window. So I am li- I flew in this morning and I'm flying out tomorrow morning. Oh, there you go. So it's a quick one. Yeah. And uh, gracious enough to uh, to come and say, hey, you know what? I want to do an Articles of News here in the home studio. You can uh, only handle so much family. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just, <laughs> if my family's listening, that's, yes. that's a joke. <laughs> that's just a joke. But let us all know that with every joke, there is a little bit of truth. There, no, oh, it's I consider uh, I consider you part of my um, cultural hall family. So if we want to say family, there, that's there what that go. is. There you go. Um, so a, a quick trip. The funeral has already taken place. Yeah, it was really say funerals. Is it's a celebration of life. It was really a oh, nice. a nice potluck. Just get everyone together. Cool. Talking. Yeah, it was it was it was really nice to see a lot a lot of my cousins. You don't. Funerals are the time you get to see people you don't normally see, right. and it's terrible that that's the time that we see them, right. but the happy time is that we get to see them, so it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, we always say things at funerals, like when I see my cousins and stuff like that, we should really see each other not when someone has died. That mm-hmm. would be a great way to do this, but you know, still, that's the only time we see each other. So funerals, funerals like this, or memorial service is really what it was, um, can be very useful in that regard. For that reason, it is just too bad, though. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, pretty good spread, if I can. So I'm on my whole diet thing, and I uh, can't eat lunch. So uh, uh, I'm on the intermittent fasting. So I looked at it all and went, I'm just not going to look. Pretty typical fare? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Funeral potatoes. Ham. And ham. And Do we have the bean they had casserole? chili, though. They had oh, bean yeah. casserole. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just everything you'd expect. Nice. It was all there. Nice. Good. That's the way that uh, and I life... couldn't have one bit of funeral potato. Now, if you weren't fasting, does your diet allow you to eat something like that? Yeah, but it's going to cost a lot of points. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, then yeah, I have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I I tend to stay away from 
carbs thing because then that's all I get for that yeah. day. <laughs> How has it been? It's been not successful? as great. No? It's been successful. I've been doing it for about a year, uh-huh. right? So I've lost a little under 100 pounds. Uh-huh. That's with gaining in the last few months back about 10. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I, I've struggled in the last few months. Part of it's because of work and part of it got out of the habit. And yeah, there's some things. Trying to re re get back on the wagon, I guess is the best way to put it. But mm-hmm. now I'm getting cl- we're getting close to the holidays. So holidays it's gonna are get the worst. Really for, hard, yeah. But oh yeah. Anyway, so I'm trying to be good when I can be good. Right. Right. So. If you're good 90% of the time, you can allow yourself that 10% of the time to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. But my problem is, is I am good about 10% of the time. And then 90% of the time I'm like, yeah, no, this yeah, is an if, exception. If you look at a two week period, I'm good 90% of the time. Um, I, and then bad 10% of the time. But then the next two weeks, because I was bad 10% of the time, I just kill those next yeah, two weeks. Yeah, That's yeah. what's happened lately. And then there's self-loathing. <laughs> and then there's yeah. the hatred. Yeah, yeah. Well, but uh, it's been good. It's no, I'm proud good. of you for getting back up on the uh, getting back up on the horse. Getting, uh, you We're know, working on it. Uh, and almost 100 pounds. That's pretty remarkable. You notice a big a big difference in how you feel? Oh, extremely. Yeah, a, a ton. You know, this is one of those things that um, uh, I'm really glad I have done. And even though I've gained back some weight, mm-hmm. if I really look at the net yeah. loss, yeah, I've done a pretty good job. Yeah. so I can at least. Still hold on to that and go, okay, I haven't like gone back to, I was almost 400 pounds when wow. I started. Wow. So. That's a big dude. I was a big dude, yep. yeah. Flying around in a, as a 400 pound dude, you're really cramming yourself yeah. into air, air, airline seats. <laughs> it, it, flying around as a, a little over 200 pound dude, also uncomfortable, which is what I'm at. And I, I hate, I hate that element of flying except for on like one or two airlines. The rest of the time, I'm just like, these aren't built for... Humans. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. These are built for young humans, for children. Uh, anything else, obviously the the funeral or something, anything else that you want to let people know about what's going on with you? Uh, I've been... I've, so I, I do my Christmas... Um, I Every year I do a Christmas blog. Okay. So I do it for um, every day of December. Uh-huh. So, you know, I might post a link to it on, fa- on yeah. Facebook and just say, hey, um, if you want to listen to it. This year I'm doing a long-form story. Okay. Um, instead of doing individual topics every day. It'll be like uh, to be continued and yeah, picks up the episodic, next Interesting. Yeah, um, episodic podcast thing. So it's it's kind of a book, episodic. I don't know. I've been That'd writing be cool. it for That'd a cool. few months. It might suck, So, yeah. but I'll still do it. I've got it to where I feel comfortable enough that I, I will do it. But, uh, yeah, we'll see if people like it or not. Cool. Yeah. I look forward to it. And you say that posts, I mean, we'll obviously share that It'll, on the Cultural Hall's Facebook page, but the 1st of December, is that Yeah, the starting the 1st of December, and I'll go live with it every night at 10 o'clock. Okay. Um, so, like, just, will you read it? Is yeah, that the thing? Yeah, I don't okay. want to put out the, uh, in this case, because I'm, I'm writing a story, I don't uh-huh. I don't really want to put the text out there, okay. but I'll read it every night. Cool. But then the video will be up. Will you do me a favor and get one of those old-timey sleepy caps? I should. And uh, a robe, but not like a robe, like a uh, Hugh Hefner kind of robe. I'm talking like... Like, a, like the Scrooge type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah. like, the, like yep. yeah, absolutely. Like Kay. Scrooge coming out of his bed chambers yes. robe. And a clock somewhere. Yeah, clicking. In, yeah, click, somewhere click. in the background of the we'll thing. We'll see. The problem is, is the reason I'm doing it at 10 o'clock is because I travel for a living. So uh. I'm going to be doing it in hotels and at home and wherever I, I can at the well, your commitment to the bit, whether or not you're, you've got a whole suitcase that you travel I'm carrying with. around this costume <laughs> so, so I can the do The backdrop it. and all the things. That would be fun. Uh, are you doing anything fun for the holidays? You've got, you've got four-legged kids, but not 
regular yeah four-legged kids yeah no, my wife's getting surgery for the holidays oh nice so i get to take care of her so we're looking we're not looking forward to it obviously she's got needs surgery on her toe but i'm kind of looking forward to being the one who takes care of her for cool. a change cool yeah cool just and a little downtime too right yeah for someone who, who travels at, all yeah, the time i won't be traveling for about yeah. two weeks because she can't have me gone like right. she, she can't drive she right. can't yeah i'm gonna be doing it, so you, you have to wait on her wait wait for all her. video hand, conferencing hand for and foot that's that's right <laughs> hand and foot uh i'm trying to think if there's anything exciting for me when i think about the holidays um i'll actually share this story here in the cultural hall but not until we get closer to the holidays um and this also coincides with the cousin and uncles and that stuff. So my grandma, the theater teaching grandma, she wrote a story. It was probably 40 years ago, maybe 30 years ago, that was published. It's a Christmas story, just like a short story. Mm-hmm. Um, she told it several years or would actually read it out of this book, this anthology that was kind of put together. And, um, and she's to the point where she can't really read it or... You know, the performance of it is sort of so slow. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I've got a, a friend who is a professional storyteller who I am going to give some a little bit of money to for his time, and he's going to record this whole story. Oh, nice. And I'm going to probably include that here in the cultural hall, or maybe I'll read it for the cultural hall here, hall here but to like my cousins and my uncles and all that stuff, I'm going to send a them really a, cool a, a, a full, fully sound MP3'd uh you know, telling of this story. So that should be pretty cool. That's a, that's like one of the best gifts you could give, right? hope so. We should probably have some future episodes on gifts and, because I can go off on Christmas stuff. Because you, uh, you do because you do it I well do. or because you don't do it well? What, you mean gifts? Yeah. Um, I, I, I have done both, mm-hmm. I guess. The, when I was a kid, I would do gifts where I would like buy my brothers things that I wanted because <laughs> I wanted <laughs> <laughs> they really want this. They and really they want this Queen then, CD. Yeah. So I can, you know, listen to it later. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's changed. So, but you know, the the how the thought I put into gifts has changed over time. It used to be like, what do they really want? And now it's more like, what can I do to serve them? And that can be yeah. giving them something. But that's if cool. I put that service idea behind it, I think it gives them depth to it. Anyway, we could have some more deeper. I think I've talked about it uh here in the cultural hall, but um like my gift to my family is like my brothers and sisters and their kids and my mom and dad and their spouses uh is I get tickets for everyone to come to the Desert Star where I perform. Oh, and, what on, a Christ- great thing. and on Christmas Eve everyone comes and so it's a big time that everyone looks forward to being together on Christmas Eve, and I'll buy the food, and everyone gets to enjoy the show. See, that's it's, a service-oriented gift. It's a little, it's a little self-service, yeah. Uh, because I say, "Hey, come watch me in the show," and some of them wouldn't come if I didn't buy them tickets. But it really has become for like last year, I wasn't in the Christmas show, and there were several of my siblings uh, and one of my parents who said, "Hey, you know what? We really missed this tradition this year." So that's what I'm doing, and the best part about it is, Christmas shopping's done. Yeah, one of the best gifts i've ever witnessed was it was the year my dad passed away and uh he was struggling because well he was really sick and he wanted to get a gift for my mom Uh and so in my opinion it's one of the best gifts because he asked me to ask my wife to go buy that gift for him and and i just i always think about that exchange of 
service all the way back to my dad. Mm-hmm. And I just think of the, the, the circle of gift that that one little thing gave. And it was the last thing my dad was able to give him because he passed away two days later. Mm. So it's the it's that one gift that I every time I see my mom wear it, I think of my wife. I think about the whole thing. Anyway, those kinds of gifts can be very important as well. It's a terrible question, but I want to know what it was. It's none of my business. And no, you no, don't it's have not. It's, a, me, it's but... a necklace. It's okay. just, it was just a necklace. My dad said, "I need something nice, pretty for." And I think he was. He knew, even though we didn't know he was going to die in two days, mm-hmm. the day after Christmas. Um, see, it's weird that I still love Christmas. And anyway, but yeah, um, with the memories associated um, with the passing of your father, but sure. He, he died the day after Christmas, and um, and, and I think he wanted. He he kind of had a feeling that that was going to happen, even mm-hmm. though mm-hmm. I don't think any of us knew. And I think that's what he wanted. He wanted to make sure he had she had something tangible for the last Christmas. There. Interesting. So, yeah, and the way that it continues to serve, like you say, when you see it, you think of your wife, and you also think of your mom and your dad and all that. That's interesting. I try to put that idea behind any gift that I'm giving to anyone important, anyway. But even yeah. someone who's small in my life, like back in the ward or somebody, you know, I try to put something in there that way. It's not that deep because that's a big one, right? But the idea of service behind it or the idea of, yeah. Give me an idea. What What's something that your wife wants this year? Oh, so with my wife, she doesn't like me to, to, to go off of her list very often. So. Yeah. It's like, I make a list if you want. Yeah, yeah. Why would you go and yep. do anything else? Right? right. But, um, I usually try to find something like one year I bought her a nice Onyx necklace, but I, I try to find a movie that we can watch together cool. or I try to find something else that she didn't know to mm-hmm. add to it. That yeah, is, so you get the things that she wants, but then also there's absolutely. like a, ah, yeah, I know you really well, or this is a sweet gift. gift or even it's just something, hey, that we can do together uh-huh. or something like that. So uh-huh. that's that's why I like, I like your idea of bringing everyone to the, the, to the theater. theater because, yeah. yes, it's self-serving. You get everyone to come see it, but you're going to be there. And, if right. you, and so it's nice to have everyone there with you. So. To just give you a little peek. Uh, and by the way, uh, I know that within our Facebook pages that we talked about um, my now wife being on an episode uh, people could ask questions of her that's a future thing uh, much like the brandon flowers was a future thing we'll do that eventually um, but to give you kind of an idea of how she is she has made a list as well and she is one who is like the things on the list are what i want but to give you an idea of her she wants a taser <laughs> a legitimate like uh, you know, we live in downtown is Salt that, Lake. Is that for safety or also so you, she can keep you in control? Uh, she says <laughs> safety. Um, but, you know, so so she'll walk the dog at night. We live in Salt Lake and it's not a bad neighborhood, but she just is like, you know, I'd like to have something a little safe. So a taser. And then um, I think it's called the nut cow. I actually need to, I should probably, because people are going to ask about this. Let me make sure it's called the nut cow. It may very well not be. She, uh, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, and will likely she'll be known for, is a dietitian, um, a nutritionist, and uh, she cares a lot about the food that that she eats and also the food that I eat. Is that what this thing is called? Yeah. Uh. Let's see. It might be called the. Oh no, the almond cow is what it's called. So what it is, <laughs> plant-based milk maker. It looks yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a it's like a coffee pot for almond milk, and she is so jazzed about it, it's insane. So if you've ever made almond milk, you um, don't go and like yeah, there's the, the, okay, there's not sorry. nipples. There's, there's no nipples, and you don't, sorry, I had to go there. Yeah, uh, I got nipples, fucker. Can you milk me? <laughs> I love that movie. Um, 
So so you have to uh, like soak the almonds and then you have to um, like puree the almonds mm-hmm. and then you have to press all of like the the fiber from uh, like... you know, from the from the stuff so that all you get is the milk part of it and it's quite the process and she does it now as I'm learning as we're living together I'm going I, I care for it quite a bit um, it's not the same people that are like I don't notice any difference between this and cow's yeah. milk you're a liar uh, plain and simple but I think that it's good if you like it the same that's okay yeah right yeah, you like it the same it's fine but it's not the same yeah 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 impossible burger is exactly like a cow no it's not it doesn't it may taste similar you may like it the same amount but it's not the same yeah and I'm a huge milk drink well not anymore but all my so I've just not tried any other other yeah things. yeah just because I love milk so much that if I can't drink it, I'm just not going to try something. Right. So so it's pretty good, but it's a, it's a process to make it. So she showed me this thing the other night, and she's like, I mean, you know, if you needed a Christmas gift idea or anything, I'm like, babe, did, did you want the almond cow for Christmas? I mean, if you wanted to, you definitely could. So that's kind of a peek into the Stedman household as to what Christmas will hold for us. Let's take a break for a quick second. When we come back, we're going to do actual articles of news and uh, talk to you about a cool thing uh, for our Patreon subscribers. That's coming back in the second half of the Cultural Hall. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and Internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Hey, this is Dan, the Laptop Man from PC Laptops. Are you experiencing panic attacks, nausea, or diarrhea? Is your computer not turning on? Is it running super slow? Is your internet crawling? Or is it just randomly crashing? You could be suffering from ICS, Irritable Computer Syndrome. I want you to ask yourself, when was the last time you had your PC cleaned? Over time, Windows, updates, spyware, malware, and dangerous viruses will make your computer run like crap. You need to bring in your laptop or desktop PC, no matter what brand it is, and let me run a 100% free virus scan, malware, and spyware scan on your computer. Don't wait and risk losing everything. Now, why are we doing this for free? Because we want to impress you so much that if you or any of your friends or family need a computer, service, or phone repair, you come to PC Laptops first. Get into any one of our locations right now or check us out at PCLaptops.com. PC Laptops, where computers start at $7.99. PC Laptops, we love you. I want to take a quick second and talk to you about Best DJ in Utah, now in its second year. Last year, I went to Washington, to Roche Harbor, and did a gorgeous wedding. This year, I'm slated to go to Moab, to go to Denver to do weddings. And guys, it couldn't be going any better. Thanks, in large part, to folks like yourself, people who are listening to this and say, you know what, I need a wedding or a mobile DJ for something, and then reach out to me. You can go to bestdjinutah.com. You can find me on all the social medias, at Richie T. Stedman, or you can certainly just send me an email, Richie, R-I-C-H-I-E-T, as in tough guy, Stedman, S-T-E-A-D-M-A-N, at gmail.com. I would love to see what I could do to make your 
your event that much better. Whether it's a party or the biggest day of your life, you need the best DJ in Utah. And like I said, it doesn't have to be in Utah. It can just be the best DJ in Utah. I don't know. Now we start to get into like the technical things. It's bestdjinutah.com. The Cultural Hall wants you to help Utah Food Bank fight hunger statewide. Through your donations of food, time, or money, Utah Food Bank is able to distribute over 31 million meals annually to Utahns facing hunger. Even a $1 donation can be turned into $7.35 of goods and services. One in five children in Utah could go to bed hungry tonight, and 423,000 Utahns are unsure where their next meal will come from. By donating food at your local pantry or by visiting utahfoodbank.org, you can make a difference. It's time for the second half of Articles of News, wherein we'll do actual Articles of News. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose Articles of News. And away we go. I want to start here. Uh, Big news. If you are a Patreon subscriber of the Cultural Hall, if it all comes together, so I'm giving myself maybe this caveat, uh, there will be a Christmas gift for those who are uh, Patreon subscribers of the Cultural Hall. I came up with a really good idea. Uh, I'm hoping that's as good of an idea as I thought, and now I just need to price it out and make it available. Uh, it will likely be the shipping that kills this thing more than <laughs> anything else. But if it's possible, uh, those who are Patreon subscribers will be getting a Christmas gift this year. It's stupid, but I love it, so I hope it works out. Uh, if you want to be a Patreon subscriber, you want to be a part of that sacred but not secret uh, Facebook group, uh, you can do that. Uh, all you got to do is go to patreon.com slash the cultural hall. You make a pledge. There are different tiers. It gives you the opportunity to be a part of that group and see some of the behind the scenes conversations um, that occur. Uh, why don't you go ahead and start us off, Andrew, with uh, some news? So, yeah. So did you know that you can thank the person who indexed your your ancestors records? Did right. you know so, that? So, so, so walk me through this. Uh, for people who don't know indexing, uh, what that is, walk me through that, and then how this whole thing works. So it, what indexing is, is as the church has grown in its family history um, records, they'll gather all these records, and someone needs to go through and take these old documents and digitize them. Well, mm-hmm. there's no computer that can do that, really. I mean, that that would take quite yeah, a I mean, there's computers who can scan them, right? Yeah, but but someone has to go read that name and then type it in, right? So a birth record... Uh, census records. Someone has to go in and then then type that in, and that way you can you have the data digitally that you can search and find and tie your ancestors together. It's it's kind of thankless work, really. Yeah. Um, although, you, although you already have said something that I'm kind of surprised that technology hasn't got to, like that we can't we don't have like a a way to read. So it tries to read it. Right. Right. It tries to read handwriting. So some of it can't read it all. Right. Right. So they have levels. Like Uh if you've ever done it, there's like easy ones, there's hard ones. And um, so it tries to read it. But what your job is often is to verify it. Okay. Does it say Richie T. Stedman? Right. Or does it say Richie F. Stedman? Uh, You know, you know, whatever. T's and F. So, so that's, that's what, indexing is and so it's a very important work and often we use it to we, we use it to gather um gather this material from other other sources think of uh the catholic church they have all these records sure. they don't have they don't want to spend the time doing that so we'll reach out to them and say hey we'll do that for you and now it's a win-win for both of mm-hmm. us so we'll put our volunteer 
staff of people all around the world, you know, to work. And and now we can get the records that we didn't have before. Right. And they they can get the records, and we give them access to all our records. So it's a really powerful way of uh, bridging that family history gap of of dip, with different records. So what does um, this, this – it's a thankless job. If you've ever done it – I did it for like 50 names, one after Yeah, the yeah. They, they have these pushes, right? Yeah, and they'll yeah. go do it, and Elders Quorum President will come out and say, yeah. we're all doing indexing. Let's yep. do it. So um, you get done with it, you're like, okay, so am I done? Yeah. And that's, that's real, and you never hear anything more. Well, now they have the ability – like if I'm if all of a sudden I go to Family Search and all of a sudden I have all this extra information, well that's because someone indexed it. Yeah, I can look at that and say, oh Richie indexed it, or it, it can be anonymous. But this this person and I can send them a thank you saying I've been looking for this. Thank you cool. very much. And so it takes that thankless job and gives someone, um, you know, some thanks. Yeah, it puts a little face to it. That's cool. Yeah. And is that through is that through uh, Family Search? FamilySearch.org. Okay. Yep. So you can thank a volunteer now, right on FamilySearch.org. Take a second. Thank a volunteer. Um, this is from LDS Living. Uh, I thought that it was kind of an interesting thing. Um, there are Latter Day Saints uh, in this is in Rochester, so upstate New York. Uh, Cliff. Devries. He's the head diving coach at the Rochester Institute of Technology. For nearly a quarter of a century, Devries has been partially paralyzed. 24 years ago, Devries underwent an intensive surgery to remove a six-inch long tumor at the base of his brainstem, a procedure that left the right side of his body paralyzed. Yet, in 2018, Devries participated in a simple birthday celebration that was featured on ESPN. Uh, Devries said, uh, for where I came from, for where from where I came from, it's magical. It's thrilling. He continues. When you see my dive, what else can you do? What can you find in yourself? What can you find in others? It's this great video. You can find it linked uh, at theculturalhall.com in association with this episode. But a guy who was um, partially paralyzed a quarter of a century ago diving, and it's fascinating. I need to see that. It's a uh, it. The the adaptive sports that they do for people, uh, and if you don't know, if you're not familiar with what that is, the um, the ability, like if you are in a wheelchair, to be able to ski or water ski. So they, my father was like that. My okay. father, my father had lost a leg. Okay. Due to Vietnam, and he was he was a gold medalist skier up in several Park City events. When, really? Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. I didn't. I don't remember that part. Oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. was. He was. It was when I was. When he. When he was. When I was really young. So I didn't know. So later on, I was like, "Really? Dad used to do that? Because he seems like he couldn't do that." Yeah. <laughs> but it really gives um, those people who would otherwise miss out on the opportunity yeah. to do something like that the chance to do that. And granted, it's not exactly the same thing, but it is really amazing uh, with technology and with just a little bit of creativity. How um, those people who you know, a hundred years ago wouldn't have had any sort of life like that, even maybe 50 years ago, can really have the opportunity, like your dad, to be able to find a great deal of success and self-esteem and adventure in in what would have been a, a lesser experience, I guess. That having an obstacle, obstacle like that doesn't end your life. Yeah. It yeah. sometimes begins it, right? Interesting to know that about your dad. Was that... Um, how was that f- for you as a child? Is that a difficult? Um, well, it was weird sometimes, but, but it like, was it was good. 
like when I say it was good, it was it taught me to it taught me to um, learn when to help someone. Okay. And, it, and you never wanted with my dad. It was you never wanted to do something he could do for himself. Right. And that principle, I think, applies across whether you're handicapped or wow, that that's a terrible word. I'm sorry. Uh, if you're physically disabled or, or disabled in some other way, or whether you're with anyone, uh-huh. you, you know, you, you never want to do something for someone that they can't do themselves. But the things they can't do themselves, you you want to be there all over for. So and that's that's that balance of service, right? And that's what my dad taught me. And it, he, he taught me sometimes when I, I was like, it's just easier for me to do it, Dad. Yeah. And he'd be like, and he would get get after me to make sure, you know, no, these, I need to still be able to do these things. So sometimes right. it was a little slower. Sometimes I had to wait a little longer. Yeah. But it was it taught me a valuable lesson. With Were kids terrible about it? Other no, kids? most kids liked my dad a lot. My dad was really friendly, and and most people would come up and say, "How'd you lose your leg?" And he'd say, "A oh, shark bit it off." You yeah. know, things <laughs> things like you he know. was that dad. He was, he was that. Dad. Oh, I he was, was swimming. And you see my jokes on Facebook, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I got that from somewhere. Okay, okay. <laughs> That's All right, my dad. So, um, so yeah, he was very much that way. But he was also very open. He he talked to people about it. Tell people. What's going on? What, so. He was injured in the war. Was it a like a bullet wound and explosive? Yeah, a bullet wound in his knee, and then every seemed and he didn't lose it at first. Uh-huh. Um, but every time the VA went back in to work on it, uh, kept, it just kept getting worse and yeah. worse, and then he eventually lost it. So yeah, uh, did he like many others not talk too much about Vietnam, or yeah, was he pretty open? None at all. No, he wasn't open of it. Isn't that fascinating? It, it is fascinating. We've been able to glean little things, like he talked. A little bit to my brother uh-huh. about one thing, a little bit to me about it. And we've kind of all put a few things together. And then once he passed away, we got all his military records. Uh-huh. And so then we learned a whole new level of things. Like we, we learned the medals he he had that mm-hmm. we didn't know he had, the, the kid he saved, you know, and that we had no idea about that kind of stuff. But it's it's such an interesting thing. And with Vietnam in specific, uh, the nature to not speak about it. I don't I don't feel like, you know, you think about what what's the most recent war and people would be like Afghanistan that's a war. Okay. Uh maybe Desert Storm or, you know, one of those. And you feel I feel like people are far more open about those experiences, but your Vietnam, your Korea war, uh, those are and, pretty bad. and, and yeah. those who and those who are still around uh from World War II, so many of those stories will die with those people. And they have never told them. They've never written them down. And, and I, they probably never will. Yeah. and I. It, but it's interesting to me to know the why. Is it too painful? Was it, um, you know? It, it has to be. Just that tra- trauma was so ingrained and severe that it must be deeper than I can even possibly imagine. Yeah. Because, I mean, really, my dad, he the stories we do do know that he would talk were all like, Back at the back at the base, recording music, that uh-huh. kind of stuff, you know. But yeah. he never talked about the actual why they were there and what was going on. And and you, you know. find out after he passes that he saved a kid's life, for example. Yeah, I read and I read the the medal, and it seems like what he did is he there was a kid in the middle of a firefight, and he went ran out and grabbed him and pulled him out. Of oh my gosh, it, something like that. Yeah, that's it was really vague. It's amazing how vague. Yeah, a, a medal, you know, description of what he did was been. And, and and that's all I have, so I just have to kind of fill in the blanks and assume. But interesting, yeah, that is a that is a fascinating uh, aspect of military service that, you know, I think I think we all kind of just will come back to again and again, going, oh, I wonder why. Yeah, I I I think it's just 
the trauma. The trauma is so severe. So. Uh, Talking about St. George, as we pivot from that, there's not a great segue. No, no. There's <laughs> How do you go from military, dad, saving yeah. kid? Okay. Yeah, so St. George, George uh, they announced the uh, second location uh, for the what was announced as a Washington County Temple. You've got that story, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's do it. So... What I, so they, they announced that, I, I don't know where I found, it's near the St. Saint Re, Saint George Regional Airport. What mm-hmm. I thought was cool, when I looked at the map, I was like, wait a minute, I know that area. So I texted my friend from my mission, he's my zone leader on my mission. Uh, he's at, he's now one of the state representatives from Washington County. Oh, so cool. He's Travis Segmiller. Okay. He, um, I texted him, I'm like, that looks like where we went, well, pretended hunting. Like, mm-hmm. we had guns. Yeah. We had bullets. But you didn't shoot We anything. didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. we wandered around. Right. You know. Anyway, isn't that where it was? He's like, yeah, that's exactly where it was. So I've, like, hunted on the grounds where the, the, cool. the temple is. And I don't know if it's exactly where it was, but yeah. Um, but, yeah, like you mentioned, it's just uh, kind of by the the new uh, airport down in, uh, in St. George, Utah. Um, it will be the second temple for that county. Um, but the thing that's Which is good because they just closed the other one. Yeah, because now there's not one right yeah. there. The nearest they have to go temple, up to Cedar City. Uh, Cedar City, or they have to cruise down to Vegas, which is a couple hours away. So the, the Saints of, of St. George um, will have that little bit to travel. But if you go to the Vegas Temple, do, do people really know it? Because isn't what they say, well, what stay, happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, you're right, and that's the thing. So yeah, all no the temple ever... work in the Vegas Temple just is goes void. <laughs> The Saints, no, no, not the Vegas Temple, please. They're all mad at us now. Uh, but th- this temple is going to be big. Yeah, looks huge. Uh, it's a three-story, eighty-eight thousand square foot temple. It's going to be on a fourteen-acre site, uh, which, if people are down there, and you you probably know where it is, but it's three thousand east and fifteen eighty south um, in St. George. And, and it's interesting to me because, because of, um, the St. George city ordinance, you're not allowed, I think within the city limits to have a building taller than the St. George temple. Oh, that is true. Yeah. I remember reading that. Or or you're not allowed to block the view of the St. George temple or something like that. So you can see the St. George temple from anywhere in town. It's obviously not like in that same. So they have to go out of the valley. So yeah, they will be out of the limits. It'll be interesting to, uh, to see if they set it up similarly where the St. George temple is kind of the center or the hub of that community. If, in the the community that the new temple is built, if it if all things will sort of point towards the temple, or if it'll be like how most temples are, which is there's a neighborhood, there's a temple, isn't that nice? Yeah, have you ever been to St. George Temple? The pi- that Pioneer Temple is overrun because of all the people down there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it it can be really, it can be really packed. Like, yep. Yeah, a lot of people retire down yeah. there, um, and so and- they need they need a. Uh, a larger temple to be able to accommodate more people. But then you'll still always want to go back to that St. George Sure, it's the OG temple. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The thing that I'm always um, surprised that people don't know is when you think about the first temple in Utah, you think of the Salt Lake Temple, and that's not the first temple. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not... In fact, it was like the fourth, wasn't it? I'm not sure. It was St. George, Manti, Logan, at least first, right? Uh, Were the first three, but I don't know the order of them. Um... Um, I have no idea. I think St. George was close to the, one of the. Oh, well, it's either it's either Logan, yeah, it's either Logan Manti or St. George that's the first temple. Let's see here. Hold on, 
we're all going to learn something right now. Uh, the first temple dedication. Are you ready for this? The first temple dedication is the Independence Temple. Oh, okay. But yeah. that hasn't, you know, never got past. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, Then Kirtland the Temple in 1836. Then the Far West Temple, which mm-hmm. uh, is uh, dedicated. Don't they still own the temple lot now? Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, Adamam Diamond, which, by the way, uh, just to kind of recap a thing that we've mentioned earlier, KimuraTours.org, uh, join us and be able to see a lot of these locations. Then the Nauvoo Temple in 1846, and the Endowment House, uh, technically uh, a temple of the Restoration in 1855 by Heber C. Kimball. So then we go into the temples that are functioning today. What What is your official guess as to the first temple in the state I, of Utah? I'd say St. George. Okay, it is St. George. St. George, and then Logan, then and Manti. then Manti, and then Salt Lake. The first temple outside the state of Utah, do you know where it is? It's got to be in Idaho. Nope. Then, oh, but a good guess. Where is it then? Uh, it is in Laie, Hawaii. Oh, now that, that makes sense, actually. And then Cardston, Alberta, Canada. Mm-hmm. And then Arizona, the Mesa Temple, and then we don't get to Idaho. Oh, until, Mesa was that early? Yeah. Wow. Nineteen twenty-seven. Now this is the dedication of when it was, which I assume is the built-in functioning. Sure. Um, so we get to uh, number eight, the Idaho Falls Temple, then Bern, Switzerland, and then number ten is the LA Temple. And Ogden's not until like the seventies. Uh, I can find the Ogden no, Temple. No, no, no. Ogden Temple is fourteen. So let's catch up a couple other ones. New Zealand, London, and Oakland Temple. And these are of the hundred and, according to this, 166 functioning. And this is pretty good um, because it has the announced dates of the Orem Temple, the Baclod Philippines Temple, the McAllen, Texas Temple, the Coban, Guatemala, and also the Taylorsville, Utah temple as well which will bring us to a grand total of 200 217 217 temples yeah you know says the internet this is the old man in me when i went on my mission you remember back when i remember when i on my mission it was a big deal that we hit 50 i mean it was a big deal what really 1993 now hang on here no it was a big deal i'm getting back to the internet here let's get this up so 50 in 1983 you say no, 93. 93, okay. I'm not that old. Well, listen, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the older <laughs> I get, the the less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you went on your mission in 93, there were only 45 temples. Uh-huh. Uh, but but that would have been San Diego in uh, the spring of 93, then Orlando, then Bountiful. I remember that, mm-hmm. the Bountiful well, Temple. Well, I was gone. Uh, Hong Kong, then the Mount Timpanogos Temple in 96. And the St. Louis, Missouri Temple is the 50th temple of the church. And it happened all while I was... A, so when I was on my mission, started with Ezra Tapp Benson as the mm-hmm. prophet. Mm-hmm. We went to 50 temples, just like you said. We had Howard W. Hunter as mm-hmm. the prophet, and it ended with President so Hinckley. So three prophets and seven temples yep. while you were gone. It was quite an interesting year while I was gone. 100th temple, you That's, know what that is? No. Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, cool. 150th temple, just because we're hitting up landmarks. Yeah, I've well. got the internet out. 150th Temple, Provo City Center Temple. Oh, yeah. 200th Temple, based on this. Whoa. So this is uh, this is where we start to get into like the announced slash when it will be dedicated, but maybe not necessarily the 200th Temple, is the Davao Philippines Temple. And then it takes us to 217. It's pretty remarkable. 
Way to yeah, go, it's St. George. A gro- I mean, they're more in Texas. I'd, we were kind of hoping when they said Texas, it would be Austin, but there's one really close there in San Antonio, so it's uh, about two hours away. You'll get uh, you'll get a temple in Heber City Midway mm-hmm. or Park City this next uh, general conference. You think so? Yep. Yep. Is it like being rumored around? And- oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right off of uh, where Highway 40 meets I-80. Kind of so you so folks from Evanston could get there pretty easy. So pretty that's quick. the big news they were talking about for next. Season. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it. We're doing general conference live from Silver Creek, Utah. I think is what the place is called, or Silver Creek Junction. No, that that news still continues to be speculative. Although I've had people tell me that, um, like, uh, is it New New Harmony, Pennsylvania, where the church was? Mm-hmm. No. The, no, the David yep. Whitmer farmhouse in New York. What well, wasn't it? Wherever the David Whitmer farmhouse is. in Pennsylvania, is. though, yeah, right? Pencil- yeah, Pencil- New Harmony, Pennsylvania. I, I think that's what it is. Or it could be Fayette. Yeah, Fayette, New York. I don't yeah. know. Wherever the David You're Whitmer You're going on the Kimura thing. When yeah. you get back, Com- you can tell us. KimuraTours.org. You can buy into it and come with. Um, wherever that place is, the neighboring like cities, towns, and the hotels in those cities and towns completely sold out for general conference time. Oh, I'm sure. So I my bet most definitely is that it will be we're coming to you from the place of this thing on the on the um you know, on the anniversary of the birth or the first vision or you know what I'm saying? Like there will be apostles in various places because we have the technology to do it and that will be awesome. That's that's a hundred percent my thing. The other thing is is I think that um I think that the church could really benefit as we go because the 1820 to 2020 is the 200 celebration of the first mm-hmm. vision. I think that you will, um, I think that you will see a focus on the church history from the early part of the church really be really being driven the New York home. area. Yeah, yeah this is absolutely. what happened. This is who this is. This is where the story goes. This is you know uh, uh, in a general com- conference. Um, forum which you wouldn't ordinarily get i'm I'm kind of excited for it yeah now when this next summer when you're going right uh-huh. so have you, you haven't been to the sacred grove before i have I, never been before no so, you know i hold I, I wrote a whole blog on it it's uh-huh. on the cultural hall from back in may so <laughs> so you can check it out the culturalhall.com yeah okay that's right but um but yeah that's that's an amazing little place. it's like it's like walking into a temple by itself and that's what i felt like i'm wandering around by myself because i'm there in new york uh-huh. alone and um, I, I thought this is the closest thing to being in the celestial room without being in the celestial room. Interesting. It, it's really a cool experience to go. And maybe it's just because that's how I was feeling and I have this great belief. But I think it's, it's, there's actually a deeper feeling there. And as I understand it, um, you really can um, feel – what's the word I'm looking for? Like you can have the opportunity to not only – uh, to to go and to be in the sacred grove, but to they they have constructed it as such so that you can kind of feel alone mm-hmm. and have some. They have paths everywhere times, yeah. and little little um, nooks that you can go sit in. And I found one, and there were people everywhere. And but when I got in there, it almost like there there was no one there. Yeah, there were, and it was kind of raining, but there was about. 30, 40 people wandering around, uh-huh. and as soon as I got into one of these little nooks, it was like. I was alone. Awesome. And I and the experience 
that I describe in the blog post, which is on theculturalhall.com. Um, well, well played, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, the experience I had started because of that. You know, it started right there. You know, so it started because of a prayer I was I was saying right there, and then yeah, it, it goes on from there. So, hmm. yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Again, KamuraTours.org. We didn't bring that up necessarily for that purpose, but um, there is value, a lot of worth in being able to go to these sacred places, whether it's the temple or where some of the early points of the church are. Hey, hey I have another news article that I didn't tell you from before. Tell me. So why you've been holding out on I, me, Andrew? I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, but gonna, it just popped what, into my what brain. What do I have that I can throw at you? <laughs> so that you know, that right now everyone's trying to get tickets for the. The Mormon, ta- uh, the Tabernacle Choir, Temple Square for Christmas. For Christmas, right? Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. And and my my sister in law called me and said, "Hey, you're in Texas. Can you, you know?" And of course, I'm going to try to get tickets. Sure, I can't go, so I'll give them to whoever. Sure. You know, I don't have a problem with that. But many of you, many of the people are not going to get tickets, right? But there are some other cool events on Temple Square, and one of them is the Bells on Temple Square. Yeah, go here. I love this. And and my aunt, and this is another name drop, my aunt she Leanna was. Wilmore is the director of it. Oh, cool. And it, I didn't realize she was the director. I thought she was just a participant. No, she's the director. Okay. So if you ever go to the YouTube and look up the Bells on Temple yeah, Square. Yeah, because you, you've shared yeah. some videos, and I'm like, oh, They that's do cool. Dancing Queen and stuff, yeah. and, and it's her, and I just think it's silly. She's up there you dancing, know, dancing like around, queen, yeah. and it's, it's a lot of fun, but- they um they have an amazing and I won't be able to go to it this year. They have an amazing Christmas concert, and to watch the bells, I, it might sound silly to you, but it's actually beautiful. And it's in the old Tabernacle, not in the the conference center, and you get to experience that old Tabernacle feel. Plus, you get to ex- see the the musicianship of these bells, and it's it's quite amazing. And the acoustics in that old. And it's November twenty second to twenty third. And people will likely be able to get tickets for that. Yeah, you likely can. It's cool. seven thirty. In fact, um, yeah, you have to. They go through the same process, um, but they're free tickets. But they're easy to get. They're right. not like you're not going to get them. Yeah, so. it's not like the Tabcats concert. And 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 if you are in um, Utah, you make the pilgrimage. You come out to see the Christmas lights, or you're here visiting family. If you go to Temple Square any night in the month of December, there is always a concert going on. Absolutely. Whether it's the Tabernacle Choir rehearsal, which sometimes people can get into, a bell choir like you're talking about, high school choir mm-hmm. groups, college choir groups, community groups that will perform there. L- literally every night, more than one opportunity to hear from uh, the day after Thanksgiving all the way till yeah. New, New Year's. Year's. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Be able to see that. And if you've never been to Temple Square during Christmas, they've downscale, uh, downsized it quite a bit from how they used to do it because the lights were killing the trees, everyone. <laughs> um, but it is worth coming out and doing that. My favorite memory from um, Christmases growing up is they turn the lights on the day after Thanksgiving and being there for the first day that the lights are on where... It just goes boom. Yep. Just almost yeah. like an explosion of uh, of just a rainbow. It's yeah, awesome. That's, that, I, I, I've done that several times. The other thing that back in high school, and I don't know if they still do this, they used to have our high school choirs come in and we'd sing at different places in the visitor center. Oh, no, I don't... I've never seen that before. And That's it, awesome. Th- those were fun. Yeah. Because we, th- we, we'd do it at night. Our, uh-huh. our, it was our madrigal choir. And sure. And we'd come down and, and we'd just wander around singing. It was like doing caroling through it. Yeah. Kind of setting the mood for it. It's yeah. a unique experience and, and one that, you know, just like uh, just like going to um, 
church historical sites that aren't in Utah. I recognize that sometimes this uh, this show seems super Utah-centric, takes place in Utah, and we talk a lot about Utah, but, but just as important as uh, taking a pilgrimage to, say, Kirtland or the Sacred Grove, if you've never been to Salt Lake, mm-hmm. it's also important in that same way. But I think those of us who live here are like, Salt Lake, I we see that all every the day. Time. Yeah. Uh, worth taking the trip and doing that. Um, this is just one I wanted to... You, you don't have any more stories, nope, correct? This is just an interesting thing that I saw on LDS Living. Uh, it was this couple, Anchely and Michael Mullen. Um, they had two daughters that wanted to serve missions, and uh, they didn't know how they were going to pay for it. They were like, how do, we, how do we do this? They gave it some thought, a lot of thought, they said, and a lot of prayer. And the answer came simply to them. They knew that the people in their neighborhood uh, loved her cooking. So they began cooking Thai food once a month to raise extra money. Apparently, she makes a a really good uh, Thai food. So uh, after 18 months, the Mullins decided to continue cooking uh, because they had supported their two daughters while on their mission. So now they've been able to support nine missionaries. Wow. They just cook once a month, find something that they love to do. They sell it to the neighbors. People buy it, and it supports the missionary effort. That's a really creative way to do it. And I, I, the thing that I love, it's simple. I mean, they're not sending the entire missions, you know, service, the mission force out, but they looked for a way that they could help out uh, with their own particular. And then when it, when it got done with that, looked around and went, you know what? We can help some other people. We can keep doing this. And yeah. so we'll do it. Uh, the biggest thing you're looking forward to this holiday season, then I'll kick you out of here. Uh I think just some downtime. Yeah. Yeah. Some time with my wife. I really wish we could come back here. Sure. Um, just for family reasons right. and stuff. But I think I, and then, and then my, I'm looking forward to my, my, my blog, my nightly The one blog. a day. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of nervous about it too, but. Well, people okay. will judge you. I just want you to know that. Oh, they Lots will. Lots of judgment. Absolutely. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to that. And it's, I spent, I started it mid July. Wow. I'm just finishing it. So. Cool, cool, cool. And that will be available. Tell people the URL now. So we'll I don't it. have a real URL. It's Facebook. For, okay. it's, it's called Andrew Mayer, my personal advent. That's Your what, personal advent? My personal advent. So okay. it's, the idea is my personal advent. Calendar. And you're not going to let it, let it live on a website. It'll just strictly be on your Facebook. Stick, I, don't have, I don't have space. For, I, don't, okay. <laughs> I don't have a website. Yeah, I, I could put it on your website. Yeah, I mean, maybe. We'll see how good <laughs> no, the story is. No, no. We're not going to put it on your website. Uh, Well, we hope this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. Oh. You blew it. You blew blew it last time. I blew it again. And you blew it again. We hope that this. uh, I can do the back row piece. Yeah, you got that? Okay. Um, So we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, that if you weren't healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week, and that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row. Nice work, Andrew. I, I, I could, maybe next time I can do two. Of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back row. We really gotta go on the Cultural Hall show.